We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Welcome back to the show. Don Bailey Jr. rejoins us momentarily. Miami and Virginia on Saturday. We'll be on the air at 830 with our pregame 1230 kickoff. Hurricanes struggled on offense. Eight turnovers, as you know by now, against Duke. How do they fix that? And uh, some other topics here is offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. We've got to eliminate turnovers, obviously. Uh, you know, those are uh, not only just uh, drive killers, but they're momentum swings in the game. Uh, and one thing that uh, you obviously realize about our team right now um, is momentum swings like that really take a lot of air out of us, deflate us, and uh, we've got to be able to hold on to the ball. Um, obviously, the, the, the fumbles um, we've got to eliminate, and then we've got to be able to eliminate the sacks. You know, And I think, obviously, um, taking care of the quarterback and obviously protecting the football is, is our premium um, number one task each and every week. Can you take us through what happened from a protection standpoint on the play Tyler got hurt on? Yeah, you know, um, you know, there was uh, obviously it was a um, first and foremost. Let me say this was very complicated pressure that our guys saw in that situation. Uh, double mug, uh, five linebackers or five interior players walked up in the line of scrimmage uh, at the line of scrimmage, and then two overhangs weak. And, and um, typically, when you see types of pressure, you you either see a four man, you know, overload to a to a strength or, or a weak side. And actually, this case, uh, they brought five. Right or wrong or not, uh, I think they had a little bit of confusion on their end that worked out on, on their part uh, because when you watch the play, there was multiple people that were uncovered. Um, the sack just happened too fast. And so, um, you know, it was one of those deals. We walked back through it, made sure we corrected that from a communication standpoint up front. And anytime you're in any type of um, what we call free release protection, you've got to make sure that uh, everything is identified correctly so the quarterback's aware where his hot is and knowing that his backside is protected. But unfortunately, for that play right there. Um, they brought a five-week, which is a very tough pressure to pick up at any point. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that Tyler got hurt in that play. Josh, how did, how did Jay kind of handle just his time on the field on Saturday? I mean, obviously he had a few moments where he looked really good and a few moments, you know, a bunch of turnovers. He had a rough end of the game. How did he kind of handle that, you know, mentally or emotionally? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, Jake did a great job coming in at first. Uh, and, and I think, um, you know, one of the things that you've got to do whenever you've lost a quarterback in a game uh, I think the next most important thing is to make sure your second quarterback stays protected. Uh, and then things started, obviously, to unravel a little bit once Jake got a little bit of pressure. Um, and that's going to come with game experience. You know, um, this is really his first time, you know, facing pressure in those type situations. Uh, I thought he did a great job in the, in the opening drives of the second half. But, you know, ultimately, you know, the, the way we started the game within the first two or three drives and the way we started the second half, it's consistency. 
you know, we can't have the ups and downs um, that we're going through. And, and we can't let adversity, whether that be turnovers or uh, another team driving down the field scoring, we can't let that affect um, our rhythm and flow of the game. And, and fortunately, unfortunately, we haven't been able to, to overcome those lapses in games. And so um, we've got to continue to pull together, push through it. Um, we're not where we want to be by, far, by any means. And I know, uh, obviously, um, our players are, are disappointed and hurt. No one more than, than us in this building. Um, but we got tremendous faith and confidence as we move forward with them that we're going to be able to clean up things. And um, there's, still, there's still games left, you know. Um, by no means are we going to hang our head down and, and, and tank it. Um, we've got to continue to push forward. And that same vein, I mean, how confident is Jake does end up having to start for this coming week or in the future going forward? How confident are you in this I am very confident, you know, very confident in Jake. You know, Jake has displayed uh, his ability. Obviously, um, you know, that was Jake's first real time of, of actually seeing adversity, right? Um, he's been in in other games and had success. Um, he led us in success in that game uh, in a short period of time. And, and so, you know, we'll clean up the mistakes. And obviously, uh, he's preparing to be the guy, you know, and uh, we'll obviously – um, continue with our preparations as we always do with Jake Jacurry um, and even Peyton, you know, because you've got to continue to, to prepare your number two or your number three as if they're a number one. And so um, we got tremendous faith in him, and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll get the job done with whatever quarterback we have. I was going to ask you specifically, each week, how often does, you know, the, the starter get all the reps, or how does it sort of break down percentage-wise? Yeah, you know, percentage is about, uh, you know, it's about 60-40. 60-40 in, in starter to back up reps. Sometimes that obviously changes. Um, we faced some challenges a little bit lately just being able to eliminate. Uh, we haven't had as many two reps just because of our depth across the board, right? We don't have the depth on offense, whether that's across the offensive line, skill position um, needed necessary. So some of that has taken away from our, our two reps with the quarterback because you always want your first-string quarterback being consistent with the receivers, tight ends uh, that those guys are throwing to. But, um, you know, we're facing a lot of challenges, obviously, from the depth standpoint. We just got to continue to push through. I guess a kid like Ja'Curry, obviously he was a three-quarterback before this. Uh, just curious how how much opportunity he's gotten to really run with the first-team offense in practice at all to this point. Uh, not many opportunities um, just because of obviously Tyler's been our quarterback and obviously Jake's been uh, a strong number two for us. Um, but obviously it increases. You know, when you see a quarterback go down in a game, um, it's a frightening situation because your three just became your number two and your two became one. Um, and so we've got to make sure that, first and foremost, like I said, we protect our quarterbacks. We've got to get Tyler back healthy, get him going. Um, and, you know, obviously we look forward to just continue to develop our, our backups. That's one of your great spots has been the development of Kobe Young. I mean, um, every game he seems to be doing more, selling more. You can see him down to the block, and things like that. Um, talk about how quickly he's developing into a quality player for you. Um, oh, man, he, he's done an exceptional job. And I really am proud of, you know, Kobe, uh, you know, even even uh, Henry Parrish. I mean, you look at across the offense and, you know, some of the new faces that we have, of guys that have came in and transferred, Frank Ladson, Kobe Young, um, Henry Parrish, you know, um, even Jonathan Dennis. I couldn't imagine where we would be if we didn't have those new faces that showed up on our roster this summer. I mean, those guys have um, – provided tremendous immediate value. Um, they've provided us playmaking ability um, and stability. And when you're not very deep and already facing challenges from injuries, um, it's critical that those guys uh, step up in big roles. And, and Kobe has done that. I think you see his confidence growing. I think you see the confidence in the quarterbacks growing in him. And I think that's very, very important as a wide receiver that you must demand the confidence of the quarterbacks. And when you talk to our quarterbacks, they love throwing to Kobe. Um, he's got a tremendous catch radius. Um, he's got a big 
big body, um, competitive in nature, uh, and he's done an exceptional job. Now, we still got a long way to go. We're going to continue developing him, um, but we're really, really excited about his future. And he's still young. You know, he's 19. Um, and so, um, you know, he's got a lot of football ahead of him. Offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis, already with Don Bailey Jr. here on the show. A reminder on Saturday, it's Miami and Virginia. Uh, our broadcast will begin at 8.30 with a 12.30 kickoff, Miami and Virginia. Next week, Florida State comes to Hard Rock Stadium. Okay, Don, uh, look back here on the show. Uh, we start with Miami and Duke and Hurricanes again. University of Miami uh, kind of beat themselves, but they allowed Duke to get into their identity. We said it all along a week ago, what Duke likes to do, run the football, they average at least 35 runs a game, actually 37. You have to hold them below that. Duke hit all of their numbers, except they coughed the ball up a couple times. But eight takeaways from Miami, and they ran for 200 yards. They stayed on the field. They won third downs. Uh, and Duke came in here and beat Miami, and they beat him pretty badly. It was a weapon. I mean, that's what it was. It's unfortunate that Miami turned the football over like that. But when you do that, this is exactly the outcome that's going to happen. And you can't, you know, it was like the conversation with the penalties the week before. And my answer was, I'm here, you're here at practice. You get, to, We see what's going on. They have officials there. They talk about it. They review it. They, they review it uh, from the game. They review it from every practice. It's discussed. Nobody ever saw that eight giveaways were coming. Nobody. It, it just you, you, it was unpredictable, and it happened. And I believe they'll get it rectified. They have to get it rectified. And if they're going to win the ball game on Saturday, you can't have that. You can't go on the road and give the football away and expect to win anything ever. Jake Garcia was responsible for three of them. Now there's a pretty good chance that Jake will be the starting quarterback this weekend. Uh, Van Dyke will be evaluated day to day, but it didn't It didn't look good, so we'll assume that moving forward, it's most likely going to be Garcia on Saturday. And um, he made bad decisions. I think he's a better player than that, but to me, it just seemed like he panicked. You know, Joe, it's different than, you know, he, he came in at Middle Tennessee, and I don't, you know, he came off the bench, and they, they brought him in, and he came, and he did well. He did good. And the team responded. And then he got an opportunity again with injury. And he did some very, very good things, but he turned the ball over way too much. And I'm going to warn people, you know, you're, you're starting – this is a guy's – if he's the guy, which we, we won't know until probably Friday or Saturday, it's different your first start. It's a different deal. When you're the man now, it's a different deal. So it's going to be interesting to see, but he's certainly been in the system long enough. He's certainly gotten experience this year. So if he's the guy, we expect him, if you're, if you're a hurricane, you expect him to come in and win the football game. I think the last time Miami went to Virginia, it was Nicozy Perry getting the start. Uh, young Nicozy Perry, and he was completely bamboozled by their defense. The strength for Virginia would be their defense. Uh, they had eight sacks last week against Georgia Tech. They had Chico Bennett and Nick Jackson. Bennett, a pass rusher, Jackson, a linebacker. They accounted for 15 tackles and four and a half sacks against Georgia Tech. They're really good players, so they can create a lot of disruption. Well, I think people if you're not really tuned into college football are really not aware of Virginia or Virginia football they've got 
uh, a quarterback in Brennan Armstrong who is legit. I, I mean, I've I've liked the way he plays the game since the first time I saw him. A career guy with 57 touchdowns, and, and he'll end this year with close to 10,000 yards passing. So he knows what he's doing. He's been around it. He's been This is the second coach that he's had as far as a head coach goes, but he can run the offense, and I'm with you. You know, the, the Jackson guy is number three in the ACC with 70 tackles on the year to this date not 74 the year but 70 to date so he's gonna he'll be well over 100 tackles when it comes into it and then and then Chico Bennett six sacks that's more than any single player has on Miami so he's he's way ahead of everybody when it comes to rushing the passer Uh, the fumbles were problematic for the University of Miami against Duke and unfortunately Jalen Knighton again put the ball on the ground and Knighton hasn't gone over 100 yards since a year ago against Georgia Tech. Hasn't gone over 80 yards. Uh, He has not been the same running back as we saw last season, uh, either as a running back or even as a receiver coming out of the backfield. You know, the thing you have to realize is that he was not in this. He didn't practice in the spring, right? And he didn't practice a ton in the fall. And I believe that it affected him. And now you're getting labeled as a guy that has questionable ball security and they're going to now come after it. You know, it's one thing defenses always go after the football, but if they think that they've got a guy that is susceptible to, to get it ripped or raked out of their arms, they're really going to come after it. And he's got to face that. But Knighton uh, needs to get back to where he was at that Georgia tech level that you talked about, or even the first, uh, or let's just even go back to Texas A&M because when he and Parrish are, are contributing 80, 100 yards a, you know, a piece, then it's special. It makes the running game special, and we need him to do that. Uh, I'll wrap up Duke with uh, two other things. One, you have all the turnovers and all that stuff that happened. Here's what bothered me the most, Don. 18 plays, 79 yards, 9 minutes and 22 seconds. The game might have been over. Third and 13 from the 18-yard line. Duke had a third and 13 from their own 18-yard line after Miami put two touchdowns on them, converted third and 13. That drive had 12 passes and six runs. They converted fourth and nine and fourth and two for a touchdown. I would just circle that and tell you right there was Miami's issue. Yeah, it was a, it was a, tough, it was a tough drive, and it really showed you what Duke is. They didn't make mistakes. They were consistent in what they do, and probably their quarterback. We didn't give him enough credit. I mean, he's a, he's we, we talked highly about him coming into the ball game, and you know he was the the poor man's version of, of Drake May. I don't know. I think he can go toe to toe with Drake May. Miami had only three pass plays of 15 yards or more. Yeah, and they had the big one right to, to Young. I guess 71 yards, but there that shows me. There's a lack of explosiveness on the outside because you, we all know uh, that, that Tyler's got a big arm and we know that Jake's got a big arm. You just got to get open and down the field. Meanwhile, elsewhere in college football, college football um, marches on and it almost looks like the best teams in college football, it's hard to say, not, maybe not even put Alabama in the top four. You know, Alabama ran for like 25 yards the other day against Mississippi State, but right now the cream of the crop is Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. I'm 
Clemson has their own issues, but they switch their quarterback. Maybe Clemson sneaks in there, but the three that seem to be right now, and Penn State's going to get Ohio State this weekend. So we'll see how that plays out. But I would think those are the three right at the top right now. Yeah, I don't argue that with you at all. I'm a little uh, taken aback by Alabama. You know, they two weeks ago it was the penalties. Last week it's the inability to to uh, to run the football. They had the loss against Tennessee. So we're gonna Coach Saban will get that figured out. But they're they're not as talented or, or something's off because that's just not the style of Alabama football. They're not gonna be a team that's gonna rush for 23 yards in a game, and they're not gonna be a team that's gonna be the most penalized in the country. So I'm sure that they're working hard on fixing that. Clemson's the story. I mean, they sat their quarterback down against Syracuse, and it's not like the guy that came in behind them did a whole lot he just managed the game so they're relying on running game they're relying on defense and defense still wins a bunch of championships joe so if they're playing great defense we'll see them ourselves in a couple weeks it'll be interesting i probably should have put a tennessee in that mix tennessee of course beat alabama they're playing great uh hendon hooker their quarterback who started off at virginia tech uh they scored a high level yeah, they do, and and I and his ability to run the football is special. We knew that from scouting him when he was at Virginia Tech. Uh, I want to let Tennessee continue to navigate this Southeastern Conference schedule. Let's let's see what happens with them. They got Kentucky, I think this this week, and you know Coach Stoops is going to have those guys ready to play. And it's just a grueling, grueling process to go through the Southeastern Conference. But Tennessee, that if you talk about confidence, there should be a team. There should be no team in the country with more confidence than them. You know, um, there's a game that jumped out at me last week. A result. It was Oklahoma State beat Texas. Texas, of course, murdered Oklahoma a couple of weeks before. And again, Texas is just like Miami. They get a big win against Oklahoma, and oh, Texas is back, right? And then they play Oklahoma State. Here comes a little old Oklahoma State. And we saw them a couple years ago in the bowl game. And you can see what their formula is. Oklahoma State, that guy Gundy, Mike Gundy, recruits that Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana area. Red shirts a lot of players. His quarterback, Sanders, now got like a million starts. Play good defense, uh, find a way to win. They win 10 games about every year at Oklahoma State. Meanwhile, Texas and Oklahoma got to be looking at each other and saying, oh, wait a minute, we're going in the Southeastern Conference and they don't look like they're ready for it. Who is, right? <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, another underrated program in college football is Oklahoma State. And you're right on that number. It's right at 10 that they win. And and they've had some. They've had to play some big boy games, and they just do it their way. And they do it with with unbranded players and recruiting classes that don't get a whole lot of attention. They have their process. They they understand what they have to do to win, and they've got their system in place. And quietly, they've done a whole lot of winning at Oklahoma State. Okay, back to Miami on Saturday. The Hurricanes in Virginia, twelve thirty kickoff. We'll be on the air at 8.30 with our pregame show for all the action of Miami and Virginia. We'll continue on this show right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 